0: Asia Tech Podcast, Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Welcome to Ashley Talks Podcast number 19. Today we are joined by Olga Olenikova. She is the co-founder and CEO of Persoilo, which is the world's first instant checkout platform. Olga holds numerous awards, including the 2018 Forbes 30 Under 30 and 2017 Anne Hill 30 Under 30 Hot Young Australian Entrepreneurs Award. Olga, welcome on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm delighted that you invited me. Awesome <laughs> to be here tonight.
0: <laughs> this, this is so fantastic. We were just chatting uh, earlier on uh, with Olga and I was saying, I'm so always so thrilled to see more successful uh, overseas Russians, or let's say Soviets, yeah, because uh, Olga is originally from Ukraine, uh, to succeed internationally. It's just so so nice. I mean, we share uh, a chunk of uh, Soviet history or childhood together. So I'm uh, extremely excited to have you on the show today. Um, you are young, you're beautiful. Australians even call you hot publicly. So tell us your story. <laughs> tell us your. Story. How
1: have you ended up <laughs> okay. with all those
0: awards and being Australia's one of the Australia's most successful CEOs?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ashley, for such a nice introduction, right? Um, so my story is quite short, I would say, and I would say that it's just the beginning, right? So I'm now twenty nine years old, so still young. Um I have started so basically we started this business with our co-founders in two thousand fifteen. So mm-hmm. it's actually uh, my first business. I've never done business before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an in- interesting first venture, you know, which uh, is rolling successfully as for now. But yeah, it's just the beginning, as we're saying. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm originally, as you mentioned, I'm from Kiev, from Ukraine. Right. So I moved into so I moved to Australia in 2012. Mm-hmm. So not that long ago, only like six years, six ago, years. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 time flies, right? <laughs> Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. And I came here actually to Sydney. So now I'm based in Sydney. I live in uh-huh. Sydney. And um, I came here to do my PhD in yeah. political science. Completely wow. different area. Exactly, like it has nothing to do with business. <laughs> and um, in in meantime, you know, the journey got a bit boring, the academic journey. And yeah, we just decided to kick off some business idea um, and it. So, yeah, we started with four, as I, mean, I think, yeah, I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but we have um, four co-founders and it started with one younger. So we have one younger co-founder who was uh, at that time 16 years old. Can you imagine? Wow, and you guys. Exactly. He, he was called like a brainchild, you know, and so on. Because he came <laughs> up actually with the idea uh, that, you know, shopping across any platform should be one step yeah. versus long multi-step shopping cart scenario, right? So it's like actually the whole e-commerce world today works through shopping carts, right? Yeah. You have to create a website, you have to set up, you, you, can, you have to uh, like choose an e-commerce platform or attach um, a payment gateway, you know, and only then you can sell, right? And all your traffic that you generate through social uh, to make it transactionable, you always have to to direct all the people away from the social platforms or whatever they saw the ad or Google ads or whatever, it always goes back to the website for transaction, right? right? So the pathway is like super complicated. Um, Yeah, and we just came up with this instant checkout uh, idea uh, that, you know, how about people, yeah, can just buy in one step without leaving the social platforms and any type of websites as well.
0: Yep. And it's obviously working. <laughs> it's obviously working. So uh, how was the transition? I mean, jumping into business. Uh, was it easy? Was it scary? Uh, did you have nothing to lose? I mean, what did your parents say?
1: Um. Yes, yeah, so I would say I was always entrepreneurial, right. right? So I think spirit was always there. I was raising funds for social projects. You know, some academic projects were actually funded by external investors. Right. So I had... practice of you know raising money uh, organizing teams and running projects so that was it's actually similar you know like running a business is quite similar (laughs) to a social project if you have so so you practiced
0: before you practiced before jumping into that right
1: (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. yes we can say yes um yeah so it was not that i mean the area is different Definitely, right? So we're playing here in e-commerce, digital marketing, influencer marketing space, right? And I was trained basically in yeah, in social political sciences, right? Which has a kind of different focus. Well, still people. Um, still people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, right? So you always deal with people, right? Is it like a small merchant or is it a big enterprise? It's people who are driving it, right? Like you're dealing with people exactly. Absolutely. So that, what- I think that skills helped me, right, with, with this, with Pusola journey as well.
0: Yeah. And why Australia?
1: Uh, Why Australia? Yeah, good question. So in 2012, uh, when I was still in Kiev, I was working for uh, TNS. It's a, like, kind of big um, marketing global research firm. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sociologist, right, by, by training. Like, yeah. so the political, sociological, it's all sociology for me. Um, intersection of all of that. Um, and at that time I finished university, I had this job in Kiev and I yeah. thought, Oh, you know, I, how about, you know, I do something different, not commercial. So I was a bit tired of, oh. um, at that time of commercial business driven research. Right. Um, and in DNS, I was working across qualitative quantitative departments who were driving like consumers in size for big FMCG brands for yeah worked like with big big clients and i was driving this project so i was just tired of this you know commercially driven um insight and then i said okay how about i go and try academia you know <laughs> still the same skills but you know how about i apply somewhere and i just thought okay australia looks interesting actually i had no one here ah. so i had no friends I had no relatives here. It was a kind of adventure, you know? So
0: let's just Um, move across uh, halfway across the globe and fly to that Australia (laughs) and check it out. That's how you thought to yourself uh, six years ago. I mean, you were 23, nothing to lose in life. Just let's do this.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I'm, um, so my, my, this trip, my journey, right, was not for, uh, you know, many people leave um, Ukraine or Russia and other post Soviet countries for, with a need, right? Like they have, like, labor migration is huge, right? right. When you're pushed out, basically, for some purpose. So, with me, it was different. So, I didn't have the need to go anywhere, right? Like, I had a good job. I had, like, um, I, I would say I'm from middle class, right, uh, in, in Ukraine. So, we had the kind of material resources, right? So, I didn't actually have to go. It was more for, you know, for extension of the opportunities, for some drive, you know, for some new experiences. Yeah, so you chose to mm. Yeah, Exactly. Right. And I had always idea that I can return back. So,
0: yeah. Do you still want to go back at one point?
1: Oh, I'm visiting very often. So, um, we have as well... um, So, for Pesolo, like, we have 11 people now working for Pesolo. Right. And we have... uh, So, our development team, like, our tech team is mostly located in Ukraine today. Okay. Okay. So, that's why I'm traveling. Like, I'm always linked, you know, to Ukraine, uh, despite being here and... Yeah. Getting here to these journals, you know, getting titles here, but not at (laughs) home. But you know, I'm still, I'm still kind of very much linked, you know, with all that space and, yeah, Um, emotional as well. I follow what's happening there. Plus, you know, economically, we're like paying our guys. Like, you know, we're supporting the families. Yeah. So you know, so I'm doing. I believe everything what I can on both sides.
0: Yeah, um, no, this is yeah. absolutely beautiful. Um, I'd like to, before we deep dive into uh, all those uh, topics around your professional expertise in sociology and social media and technology and entrepreneurship, I'd like to ask, um, you are such an overachiever. And that's what fascinates me about, uh, you know, uh, about women, first of all, and about Russian women in particular. When I call Russian, I mean, uh, you know, the Soviet ones, it's just a collective yep. term. I'm just so like, fascinated by them. Um, the older generation, when, when I mean older generation, it's my generation. You have people that are now from 25 to about 35 years old. They are such overachievers. Have you also been an overachiever in school? Have you always wanted more?
1: Um, I think I was always thirsty for some kind of new adventures. Right. You know, I take it like I'm not that type of a person who would... Um, You know, who would give up everything for the achievement. You know, I enjoy the ride. You know, as long as I'm enjoying it, like it's happening, to be honest. It's just unfolding. You know, even with with the Forbes nomination, we actually, it was a surprise for me because we didn't nominate ourselves. So how it works, you can, I think they open up nominations and you can nominate yourself or someone oh, can nominate Oh,
0: serious. You. So
1: guys, yeah, okay, yeah, our
0: yeah. listeners right now, take a note. You can literally nominate <laughs> yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can lodge an application, right? Like I think it opens um, every year, I believe, like I'm not sure when, but there is this deadline when you can nominate yourself if you like, if you want to, right? Yeah. But of course they receive, imagine like how many requests they receive. They receive like thousands, right? Right. Um, but with us, like someone nominated us, and I received an email actually from you know Forbes uh, lady, and she like I received an email and said, "Oh, like you were nominated for this," and I was like, "Okay." Ah. And first, actually, I saw it. It's a spam. You know, you receive like a lot of spam uh, messages. Like, oh whoa, like, what, what, do you know, like, what do they want to sell? What do they want to sell? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And she was saying like, "Oh, fill in this form," you know, like with all your details and they were asking for, like, revenue, you know, like, investment, like, the capitalization, like, like, a lot of this, you know, very, very, you know, very sensitive data, I would say, right? Which you wouldn't share. And I was like, whoa, definitely looks like something, you know, um, not, not right. But then, you know, I, I did some research, you know, and we talked to some other people, and that's fantastic. Like, the girl was really awesome, and she was really from Forbes. And, um, and then we submitted all the details, and I think they have, like, a panel of judges who are – judging you right based on all the details and ask a lot about the business um so yeah so that was the journey right so, i mean like things just happen i don't know i think i'm a very lucky person and um yeah I think you're, you're you also enjoy, work
0: very hard yay oh and yeah in-
1: oh yeah i work a lot exactly yeah Okay, that's... Even too much.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, did you have role models in your family where, I mean, some other strong men or women or entrepreneurship was there in your family always or...
1: No, actually, I never, no one, no, my mom uh, had a company at some point. Um, you know, I think my mom would be my role model. Uh, so she has like three degrees Right, so that's why I think I got my PhD. You know, uh, I had like the You are totally to an PhD.
0: overachiever. If you are still <laughs> in, de- I mean, if you are still in, in in this delusion that you're not and that you're just doing the thing to have fun, you come from a family background where literally overachieving is your middle name. Mom has several degrees. Mom had a business. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's you know that's. But we always lived very you know very um, social life. I would say you know, and we yeah we're always. You know, there is this type of people who, like, um, for whom career matters a lot, right? They can give up everything. So with us, like, we were not, I remember my mom was never like that. So maybe that's why things happen. That's my message, right, I think, with with people. Um, Yeah. And, of course, if you work very hard, right, that's definitely, uh, yeah, one prerequisite of, of success. Of course, you have to work a lot.
0: Absolutely. 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 It's it's an inspiration. So um, you've been studying people for a large part of your life. Yeah. And um, if if there's something you learned, let's say three rules or five rules or one rule that you know about people that everybody in business shall know or shall apply in their daily life, what would that be?
1: Oh, wow. That's a hard question, right? (laughs) Um yeah in in this case yeah like if we think about customers right so Mm -hmm. if we talk about business uh in the question that you raised right so they can be we can divide importance um of dealing with people right as customers and as a maybe partners and as a team right inside Mm -hmm. your uh your organization right Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that matters a lot like the community so for customers, I would say, you know, the key advice would be follow them. Don't develop like solutions, particularly with tech that don't respond to any need or it does not co- correspond to the behavioral patterns, right? right? Let's say if don't, don't make people do things that they are not, you know, initially that don't come in naturally right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you can't, you can't. Of course, you know, all these disruptive startups, you know, like it's all about disruption, about making people do things different way <laughs> that, that they've done before, mm-hmm. right? If it's easier, then it's a success, right? But again, like there should be a lot of, you know, I'll, because I'm of a research background, I always try to measure everything and um, to see the effects of any, you know, any move uh, yeah. in the product, in the product uh, sense, in a platform sense, in a, Human interaction sense, right? Um, so that's important, actually, to deep dive and get collect insights, right, into your consumers' of um, course. area. So, so first advice would be basically to to conclude this uh, long, <laughs> these long sentences would be that, uh, um, yeah, that just you know get insight into behavior of the of the customer and don't make them do what they don't naturally are feeling, yeah, right, of doing. That would be the key the key of, of of success in terms of, um, in terms of, yeah, like it's a big question, like how to, um, yeah, how to deal with, um, with your own organization, right. Right. With your people who work with you and for you, um, with that sense, like always, I would say, yeah, always again, listen to people, right. Be open and uh, collect again, not the information would sound very technical but always speak to them to understand what they need right and then respond to these needs accordingly right so being open basically and being um yeah being um yeah being receptive to what you see um, yeah that that's I think that's the core to any type of you know that's what I learned from my research that you yeah. always have to be receptive and open right you can't make people do or believe something that they yeah that they don't uh they have a block for
0: and how do you do that practically i mean we all know those concepts you know like listen to your team and and uh you know and uh translate their needs into some action items this and that but how do you do that Mm -hmm. um operationally do you have meetings do you do you have one-on-ones i mean
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have, as I said, we have like 11 people now working for Pusola. So we have uh, four people here in Sydney and we have, um, how many, seven people um, overseas, right? So we have a challenge of remote working, right? right. So. That team, you know, they, they're technical guys and we have a designer actually there as well. So we try to, you know, keep very, keep keep connected to them. You know, we yeah. have regular calls. We always, what we do actually, you know, for every birthday uh, of our team members, we always send some presents, you know, and that, that actually created a very good atmosphere. So Yeah, they're waiting you know, for their care. present
0: to arrive. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it creates, you know, it creates care, it creates attention, right? Right. And um, yeah, whenever things are, you know, as always with tech things like uh, there can be many fuck ups, you know, with tech, you know, Right. the other day you launch with a client and, you know, like something. Yeah, something is not working. Right. And it's right. it's normal. But yeah, we never actually. Um, so we point it out, but we never, you know, have a kind of um, we don't have intense chats, I would say. Right. So we always try to kind of help and solve it together without accusing yeah. anyone. And yeah. I heard a lot of, uh, yeah, I think ac- ac- accusation uh, manner of, um, yeah, of, um, and I saw various dynamics here as well in Sydney across different companies, right? But right. that doesn't create any positive, yeah. Uh, <laughs> positive.
0: Absolutely. And because you work from people with people from, let's say, two very different cultures, right? You work with people in Ukraine, yeah. you work with people in Australia. How is the business... Um, etiquette or, let's say, the way the business or work is done differently?
1: Uh, Because I I was never... uh, So, (laughs) yes, I never did business in Ukraine. Right. Right. So I can't compare, you know, how to do business in Ukraine with Ukrainian mentality. Right. right? I believe that it's what I hear. Like, I I know the situation, but I never experienced it myself. Right. Right. Um, Here in Australia, of course, it's much easier. People are more... From what I hear, right, like the comparison of the Ukrainian side, I can just judge from from someone else's experience. Right. Um, but here, basically here in comparison with Ukraine is that uh, definitely people are more willing uh, to try new things. They have more the bigger buyer capability. Right. So right. they're happy to invest in many. Um, we play in e-commerce area. We play in social media influencer marketing area. Right. Um, so people are more willing to invest actually money in this type of activities and right. they easy, yeah, maybe they got used already to, uh, having a lot of propositions in the commerce space and in some marketing. So they, yeah, they like to try something new, right? They have yeah. this habit of investing and trying while in Ukraine and post-Soviet Russia space, I believe the same, um, is that. People, of course, there is the buying capability is less across, you know, small yeah. merchants and big enterprises. I believe as well, and people, yeah, people, it's just hard to get clients to onboard right. them. Like it's just harder. Absolutely, yeah. people Absolutely. just don't like the experiment. They like to stick what works and they're scared that it will fail. You know, if this switch to something else. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, just a bit different dynamics, right?
0: And do you feel that this is easy to do business in Australia? Some of our listeners might yes. be like, yes, we shall go and explore.
1: <laughs> no, for me, so look at me, right? So I'm a female, I'm a migrant, I'm young, right? right? So I have, I have this intersection of all the, <laughs> you know, uh,
0: the, the whole Potential the whole challenges, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly, right? So I have the whole pack and still I manage, you know, to do well, right? And so that's uh, and- the sign.
0: And I love it how you mentioned you are, you know, female and migrant and young because it it is much tougher to do business when you are young because people just in many cultures and countries feel that you are not capable and, you know, what do you have to teach them really, etc. How do you feel being a woman in Australia? I mean, in the entrepreneurial world. Any, uh, any funny stories of discrimination or you're just going for it?
1: <laughs> yeah, people ask me about this, right? Do you right. feel this? Uh, maybe I live in the kind of a denial state, but I never pay attention to it. You know, so I try not to blame things that don't work, you know, on my age or on my, you know, being a female. Um, I would say the community of females here, actually business um, chicks, or I don't know how you would call yeah. them um, it, it's very it's very developed and there's a lot of support. yeah, so on this gender basis, you get a lot of support. There are even special like investment funds that sponsor and support female entrepreneurs and run by females, right? So there is a lot of encouragement, um, even maybe more sometimes some Guys are, you know, m- m- uh, males are discriminated, right, based on this <laughs> highly supportive, you know, female power, basically. Um, yeah, so I would say there is, yeah, when I when I go to the meetings, for example, and I typically people invite me for fintech, you know, like panels yeah. as well to give it speak. So I'm typically the only female on on the panel, right. which is um, yeah, which shows the which shows the percentage, right? Of right. basically. Being, the le- uh, women in leadership right comparing to to men uh, in leadership so definitely you know there is this landscape right right there is a problem but yeah sometimes if you know how to use your <laughs> your in- intersectionalities which disadvantage you you know yeah, you can absolutely. get it further ahead you know than those who are just white you know males, uh, yeah, Anglo-Saxon background, for example, right? Absolutely. So you can get even even ahead if you know how to use your, you know, how to make a weak point I mean, in if a way. You, if
0: you are the only girl in the room, everybody wants to come and talk to you, right? I mean, all Exactly,
1: that. exactly. So I, I try to capitalize on this as much as I can.
0: <laughs> and I absolutely love it. I c- couldn't agree more. And again, I'm right now uh, through, you know, this series of uh, talks and interviews. I'm trying to figure out whether this is really something that, Um, you know, us Soviets have in common. I mean, Soviet women, because we grew up with very strong role models. We did. Um, I mean, we had women, not entrepreneurs, but uh, women in um, uh, power, right? In position of power, they were running uh, government bureaus, they were running kindergartens, they were engineers, they Mm -hmm. were scientists. Uh, Yeah, my own mom and uh, her two sisters went on becoming, you know, uh, head of kindergarten and then university professor and this and that. Uh, we grew up mm-hmm. with that, so we really maybe we're brainwashed, but we were sad, uh, we were never uh, really made feel small, right? Yeah, uh, and the same yeah, thing exactly. I see yeah. in mainland China. Did you know that mm-hmm. China has? I keep repeating that again and again. I mean, every time I talk about women, I mean, I <laughs> love that example because China, um, out of the world's 147 female self-made billionaires, China has 114. Mm-hmm. So basically, 85%, oh, 90% exactly. of self-made billionaires are made in yeah. China. And the reason being, I mean, in, in, in my experience, and I, I spend time in China, is that uh, it's also this communist, uh, you know, philosophy in many ways that, you know, women hold half the sky mm-hmm. a little bit, that you can do mm-hmm. anything. And it's not about gender. It's really about what you can do. So, uh, and I love it how you yep. put it that you just don't pay attention and that's what I always say when people ask me, you know, so how is it doing business? And I say, I, I just don't see that. Maybe I'm just lucky. Mm-hmm. And then they say, yeah, you're just a young, pretty girl. That's why. So <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out whether whether we are really just super lucky because we see advantages or is it really the mindset that needs to be, um, needs to be uh, shifted and more role models and um, ecosystems need to be created to support more women out there. Um, I'm excited. Uh, what about social media? I mean, you're working in a space mm-hmm. where you help um, brands uh, to create solutions for, let's say checking out uh, you know directly on social media. Uh, what's your mm-hmm. what's your favorite social network? What do you think about the future of social media? and how does that uh, whole industry influence your life personally?
1: Yeah, so definitely, you know since I'm running this business, i I'm present right everywhere. So I'm not turning, actually, I'm not working on turning myself into a social media influencer, you know, right. myself. Actually, maybe I'm just too busy, but yeah, who knows what happens next, but I'm not working on this, right? But I'm definitely there right. in this space. And we have clients, you know, we like, we work with, them. yeah, we work like, with some very big brands and very small brands. So we yeah. have like, you know, distribution of various clients with different needs, but everyone wants to do social today, right? Right. Um, because it's obvious, right? So social media, uh, like turned into a new shopping mall, right? Right. So we, younger population, we don't watch TV anymore. Like right. I don't watch TV, for example, you know, like millennials, yeah, I, I just watch, you know, yeah, like Netflix or something else, right? When, when I want to watch uh, it right. and what I want, right? So I'm in full control of that. So, younger population doesn't watch TV. We hardly read newspapers, I believe. Like, I don't know even who reads, you know, hard copy (laughs) newspapers. So ads there would not work on YouTube or even on Internet, like Google and so on. I have ad blocker. So you wouldn't reach me. Right. Even if you do paid, you know, advertising on YouTube or Google, like I have ad blockers all over the place. So you would not tap into my mindset. You wouldn't get into my attention. Right. Right. Um, But I'm on social. (laughs) <laughs> and everyone, yeah. like all the younger population, is on social today. So that's the best place, like I believe, uh, and it's not I only believe; it's a fact actually. So right. it's the most effective now tool to get in front of your target audience, particularly if it's millennials or Gen Z. Uh, they are all there, and you yeah. can't block right if it's a sponsored post by New Balance or something else. So you can't you'll see it. You know, it will it will pop up on you. Uh, right. And there is no, you know, block, block uh, function actually in social, right? Right. Uh, for ads. So definitely, you know, big brands and we'll work with some of the like, uh, some big global brands like New Balance, like Hotels Combined, Sunglass Hot, like, yeah, we'll, we'll work with many plus we we'll work with small brands and all of them, despite the big budgets or small budgets that they have, they try to tap into, into the, um, Consumer space in, yeah. in in on social, right? Uh, of course, there are different conversion rates, right? Yeah. So the, another problem is that everyone is pouring money into social, but hardly uh, people get sales, right? So that's a big, big problem. Yeah. So some stats show that eighty three percent of all e commerce traffic yeah. comes today from social, right? Right. But but the conversion is only one percent. Yeah. Out of eighty three percent. Who, as they are, there, who are liking the images, only 1% buys. Yeah. That's right. There is a huge problem there. Of course. So, yeah. So, to make people buy, that's another challenge, right? So, that's why we have this instant checkout, which simplifies basically this pathway, right? Uh, mm-hmm. From like to sale. Um, so, influencer marketing is another thing, right? Like, right. as I'm saying, that traditional media no longer deliver. <laughs> on you know on um, conversion as well right. so conversions through through uh tv ads and so on it's it's hard to measure as well but it's it's getting it's dropping right yeah um so yeah so people yeah and brands just just spend more and more money on it but they hardly get sales and that, that's that's the biggest problem of Issue, social for yeah. example uh, on instagram no so facebook would be one of the Judging on the stats, so it's not my own stats, but from which I, uh, which which I think I just looked at recently and um, the other day. So yeah. Facebook, among all of the other social, uh, drives the highest conversion. Yeah. So Instagram as well is second one, and I think then YouTube, YouTube actually generates some good conversion because it's a video content, and then we'll talk about Twitter and Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so Facebook would be one of the key resources still, right, for for driving sales out of your uh, investment in social media, plus of right. course Instagram, right? Right. So,
0: no, that's that's very very interesting. Uh, you mentioned uh, influencer marketing, and um, I mean. In the rest of the world, and I'm speaking from the China perspective because I work in mainland China, um, uh, with mainland Chinese social media, which is a completely different landscape. There are 60 plus platforms and, uh, the influencer, um, I would say landscape is also very different and market is very different. Uh, but it feels that Chinese bloggers sell much better than their Western counterparts in the west mm-hmm. it it just uh, again it's very difficult to put roi on it in your experience is it getting better are bloggers really an alternative to other channels does it really convert and are so they worth their money because it's getting more and more expensive <laughs>
1: exactly exactly right so definitely it's more cost efficient than you know filming an ad and show it on tv right Right? or making a professional photo set you know and then basically to even post it and share it on your own social media right on the brand's own social media so in terms of cost effectiveness of creating content because influencers create great content right they know how to position things fantastically well for people to get inspired and impulse right to buy to get the desire so they create the content many of our clients use this content for the ads right so it's it's cost-effective content creation. Yeah. Then second second uh, advantage of influencer marketing is that you get a distribution channel, right? So there's this fantastic cheap content is then posted on their own social. You tap into the audience, right? So yeah. you have a distribution channel. And third, yeah, basically the another outcome is that you get product reviews yeah. as well. So they do fantastic product reviews, which brands are using, again, for the following ads, right? Um, yeah. in terms of sales and real impact, yeah, that's, that's a big, that, that's a big problem, right? Um, and many, many big brands are very skeptical about, you know, running influencer marketing campaigns. Right. But it's the, it's a long play. It's a long game, right? Yeah. So you first, you need to make people aware of it, right? Yeah. Then if Yeah, so what we've seen is basically how we're working with our influencers, right? Because we have as well like a network of 86,000 influencers now. And what we do, we actually always make our influencers to include instant checkouts in their promotions. So it's not just, you know, like like it was before or how many other brands and uh, agencies are doing. Mm
0: -hmm. Is that,
1: for example, influencer posts an image, you know, they do this nice... Uh, review, right, and they say, okay, this is your promo code, go there and buy it, right? And then you have to click if they tag the brand in the post, you have to click on this tag, then you go to the yeah, brand's yeah, 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 yeah. Instagram page, then you click, you find the link and buy. and then you land <laughs> on the problematic website, on the way some ads pop up, you know, oh, and the uh, journey, like you lose people, like, lost, I'm gone, right? So we solve this with our instant checkout, so we basically all our influencers included, in their posts, is it an Instagram story with a swipe up? Uh-huh. Right, so people swipe up and they land straight away on the checkout of this particular product,
0: which right. appeared
1: on the image. Right, so then in this sense, like we we show good conversion. Of course, it depends on the product. It depends on the um, on the engagement rate of the influencer itself. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but but we've we've definitely like with instant checkout. The conversion, it's the best tool, like it's, yeah, it's basically the shortest ways you can get, you know, from the ad or the post on social to purchase. So that's yeah. why I can say that, yes, there is definitely a conversion problem, but if you use the tools that can bring the transaction closer to yeah. the to the potential buyer, that's where you can, that's a solution for conversion, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, but there's
1: a huge debate, yeah, around, around all of it.
0: Uh, talking about your specific uh, product, uh, so this instant checkout, I'm browsing uh, Facebook, and I see a post, yep. and I see a skirt that I like, or uh, yep. or uh, or a purse that I like, uh, so yep. I can click, and with one click, I'm purchasing it already, or...
1: So you click on it, you click on the image, right? Right. And it pops up, so, it, it, so, so there I have a pop-up, right, which has the same this product image, right? Uh-huh. It has a description and it asks you for credit card details straight away.
0: Okay. You enter your
1: credit card and you click. So it's one click, physical one click after you, yeah, after you landed on the post the, of, of the product. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No, that's cool. Um,
0: (laughs) Very interesting. In China, they are launching uh, a lot of really cool things. And this kind of instant checkout has been there for, um, um, I think, a year or or maybe even two. And everything and anything. I mean, you can instantly check out on platforms like Weibo that are microblogging platforms. You can obviously um, not instantly check out, but uh, almost. uh, Actually, with one click, you can check out on WeChat. With one click, because there is WeChat Pay integrated, mm-hmm. so you literally just scan yep. your scan your uh, thumb, um, yeah. and there are also really cool things like uh, live streaming, see now, buy now. Mm-hmm. So, like a virtual yep. uh, you, you know what it is, right? a virtual uh, fashion show, and you can long press on 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 the product yep. or you can see it popping up on the side, and you can buy right yep. away. Um, do you also feel that uh, you know China I mean that's not a, even a question I mean China is years ahead of the rest of the world in terms of social media, but how do you see uh, the rest of social uh, the rest of the world coming to this world of uh, you know integrating retail and social when Will Western platforms like Instagram, like Facebook, like YouTube reach that level in your view?
1: So you mean, you mean, you, you, if, if, so the question is that you ask asking how is fast, that will they integrate how fast are they some, gonna get there? some payments? Right. Yeah, but uh, you're talking about payments, right? Are you talking yeah. about like payments and integration? They...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This kind of integration and actually making it uh, like in China, it's seamless. Social media mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, let's say e-commerce and Like retail are actually uh, integrated and it's all gamified and it's fun and it's easy and it's you know seamless. So the rest of the world is definitely not like that. When do you see that happening, Mm -hmm. or whether you see that happening anytime soon?
1: Yeah, so definitely there is there are moves right. Like with Instagram as well, they they just rolled out recently this shopping tags right, shopping price tags. But again yes it pops up you can click on it but still you have to have a website an e-commerce website where you have the product and where people go to transact right so you can't transact basically straight from from the, on image. the app um, yeah yes you can't right so that's just so there is, there are moves and these buy now buttons on twitter as well like zoning out and zoning back and zoning out <laughs> uh for like since 2005 Right, so they're doing these moves, but um, yeah, there's a lot of discussion around that um, because yeah, like I've ever read various things, and we talk as well to Twitter guys here and um, and to Facebook guys here as well. Like there's a lot of fraud and a lot of um, a lot of privacy security issues which come up with this. Um, so that's yeah. why this bu- buttons are zoning in, zoning out, right? Um, right. So. So there are some, there are some, um, yeah, there are some barriers to that with Facebook, like they're rolling out. So now like, you know, this Facebook shops or whatever, but still you have to have a website which you connect to your Facebook shop where people go to transact. Right. Right. Right.
0: Right. Um, right.
1: But there is, again, the talks about, um, um, about doing peer to peer payments on messenger on Facebook messenger. Right. Yeah. So what the discussion is going around is that before they will roll out for people opportunity to shop from newsfeeds, they will roll out the opportunity to transfer money between each other through messenger, right? Because it will be a more secure way, like kind of people know each other and that will be the first test ground, how they will roll it out. This is what people say. Again, but I don't do know, you feel right?
0: Facebook messenger failed or succeeded because here in Asia, we are not really using Facebook messenger that much. Yeah. Maybe it's different in the rest of the world, but what's your opinion?
1: Yes. Yeah, so here definitely people are using it. Okay. Um, it's Australia, in us. Like it's, yeah, 100% people are using it. Of course, there are other platforms, right, which you're using too, but um, people are using WeChat here as well. Ooh. Um, yeah, not, maybe not that often, right? Like, unless you have some Chinese friends and, you know, you go there and then, yeah, so you just have to have a purpose and connection to still China's mainland, right? Right, right, right. Um, but, um, yeah, definitely there are some moves. Again, you know, again, all these solutions that exist, which you mentioned, right? That, yes, definitely, it's already existing, like seam- seamless um, things, uh, but they're always tightened to a particular platform, which limits yeah. the capability, right? So right. basically, help is different, and it's a bit different than, than you know, just um, a social payment thing. We're not social payments itself, right? So we're a bit right. different. And with us, our solution works across any platform. So we're not tied to anything. You can use us on blog. You can use us in YouTube as, a, as well as you mentioned. You know, you can shop videos. You can do the same same with us. You can use it on on um, WeChat even in a messenger. You can text. We had actually Mary Claire, so work with Mary Claire here, and um, we, were, we were discussing actually the launch of uh, shopping through WeChat of Mary Claire products with our instant checkout. So right. that's So there is there are. Yeah, so our product is not only, it's not on payments, right? Right. Um, we and what are is not the, doing payments itself, yeah. Right, <laughs> that, and
0: that, what is the business best, model? Yeah. So, uh, let, let, let's uh, let's imagine right now some of our listeners uh, own businesses and own brands in Asia and globally. And uh, they would like to understand how to actually use this, um, you know, yeah, this yeah, uh, yeah. application. So what is the business model behind? Uh, when, uh, w- when
1: do they have to pay for it? Yes. Yeah, so we have a SaaS platform, right? Yeah. So we have three core plans. So first, we have a free plan. So, for example, if you are, I don't know, if you want to have a garage sale or you're moving out of your home, right. <laughs> I don't know, or your small, small business handcrafting, you know, candles at home. You can basically go now and post and create an instant checkout for your candle and start selling on Facebook to your following already, right? So right. you don't need to create a website, anything, and it's free. So you can have three instant checkout products, which will be transactionable and everything. You can do it for free and you can start selling it tomorrow, right? So you don't need to connect okay. to the payment gateways. You don't need websites. You just don't need anything. We give you the opportunity to accept credit cards. right. Right, right. Um, so, there is this free plan, which, which you can use today, but there are some limitations, right? You don't get analytical insights. You can't partner with influencers. So, you can't yeah. source influencers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And you can't set up affiliates. So, some of our brands are running affiliate campaigns with influencers when influencers yeah. are selling with instant checkouts, and they receive a click for sale automatically. So, we you Ooh. can do it as well with Pesola. Ooh. Yeah. So, that's very, not very available cool. with... Free, free plan, right? So with the expert plan which costs only $79 per month right? and there you, you can create like 100 products instant checkouts, right? Or lead generation forms so if you don't want to sell, you can generate leads. There's another thing which you can do with Pesola. so it's not only about transactions and then you have opportunity to partner with influencers. So we have a marketplace where you can submit a brief say you know, I have these beautiful candles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want to promote them in Australia. Please, influencers, apply. Only those who have 5,000 followers, please apply. And I will send you the free candy, free candles, sorry. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you will post it in, in exchange on only free products. So there are no fees for influencers yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah, scenario, yeah, 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 yeah. which is pretty cool, right? This what you're saying is that people are paying money for posts, but they're not getting sales. In this case scenario, you can just partner with influencers in exchange of product, and get a promotion from them.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: and that's awesome proposition because uh, our influencers don't expect, you know, to be paid. They expect they want genuinely to try a product and get it. Uh, oh, that, that, so that, that's that's really cool. In
0: China, everybody expects to be paid and get a free product. So. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So basically, this with an expert plan, you can do all of it only for thirty nine bucks. So you can, yeah, that's very cheap, right? Yeah. And the last plan, um, it's we it it costs I think three hundred ninety nine, yeah, USD dollars, and we so this is designed for agencies and big brands. So yeah. we work with agencies so agencies yeah. are using our instant checkout to power their own campaigns is it yeah. they paid you know google uh um, advertising where instant checkout just pop up on you on google or um or it's an influencer marketing campaign which they're doing right and they want to monetize it and show cool. another metric to the clients right and then yeah we have their influencer directory So within the last plan, you can basically go in and you can partner and you can approach basically those influencers. But then if you approach bigger ones, you just deal with them directly and arrange the pricing. So it's not marketplace where everyone is expected to do free exchange for free products. Influencer directories where you go actively and invite those who you like based yeah. on the profiles, right? And That's such a huge there.
0: business is managed with only 11 people. That's your whole team. Exactly, yeah. Yay! Yeah. And the, and this <laughs> is the power of digital and technology and, you know, you can build companies that are serving millions of people and you can be sitting there with six people in Australia and six people in, in Ukraine and manage all that. Uh, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing, exactly. isn't it? If you had one yeah, billion... It. If you had one billion U.S. dollars, what technology, or what would you create? What would you build? If you now had one billion U.S. dollars to play with?
1: Oh, I would definitely invest in Persolo, like one hundred percent, right? <laughs> um, we would, yeah. So I, um, I think what we're working now on. So we're using now Google AI um, to yeah to to basically to have data on the influencers and on the consumers right but we if if we had this amount of money I think we could easily develop our own machine learning you know um uh, scenarios right to actually have our own um, AI if you want to call it like that right uh, the the um yeah so I think I would invest in something like that but yeah one billion that's a lot right so it will yeah. just a small chunk of it
0: <laughs> okay that's really really cool. Um and what is that piece of technology that excites you most right now?
1: Mm, it's a hard question, right? Like there's so so many awesome tools around. Um, oh, just
0: just just a technology like for instance you mentioned AI or is it blockchain or is it
1: uh Yeah, uh, blockchain. VR. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, I think blockchain like all this decentralization which is happening, I think that's super cool. But it will take some time, you know, to hit everyone on our planet yeah. uh, all, all the industries but yeah definitely I think blockchain is something that is yeah it just there in in our minds and we, we are playing as well like with crypto we bought yeah like we I bought some crypto actually in 2011 so I had oh, some kind of early uh, you know skyrocket not early, but, you know, if I invested in 2005 or 2003 where it cost like zero zero cents or whatever. But, uh, yeah, the, the, of course, the return was high, right? Like, and it's still high with this um, volatility, right, of all the market. But that's exciting. <laughs> that's exciting, you know, how you can make money actually from nothing, you know, and you uh, get... Th-
0: this is both exciting and scary, I would say. Really exciting exactly. and really scary, right? Exactly, but exactly. Yeah, but beautiful. I think we've
1: been a fantastic time. Yeah, fantastic time. Lots of new things are happening and yeah. And and in, in health in health sector. Oh my god, like there's so many awesome developments in health sector now. So in the in yeah. health
0: center. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, all the stem cells and, uh, and uh, yeah. technologies and little robots that are going to get into your bloodstream. I mean, th- this is fun, right? Uh, whenever I read yeah. about it, it's like, OK, the future is now. The future is here. Um, <laughs> that's that's super, super cool. Um, if you could give an advice to any and every entrepreneur out there that are probably just beginning their entrepreneurship journey, what would that be?
1: I recommend to everyone, not just to, you know, the early starters, to each day to choose one thing which challenge you the most, which you, which you're scared to do, which you feel like so uncomfortable to do and do it once per day. And I think that would really develop, like it will ensure the growth, personal, business, professional, definitely. So just think about this very, you know, very, maybe not um, mind blowing advice, but it's a practical one. Yeah. And I believe that would definitely, you know, put every day, you, yeah, yourself basically out of the comfort zone where you will be able to kind of, you know, even see yourself in a different situation and unlock some fantastic skills that you never thought you're, you're having, right?
0: And so what is that? That would
1: be my simple advice.
0: Absolutely. And what, what would be your thing that you are doing daily that you are super uncomfortable doing?
1: Oh, it's actually every day it's something different, you know? Like, it can be something as, you know, to reach out to some investor who is, like, top guy in in, in your industry, right? Like, just reach out to him. Yeah, you maybe feel not comfortable, you know, getting no or denial or no response, right? But you need to reach out, right? So, this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm Very often, I'm reaching out to some people, um, you know, whom, yeah, whom, whom potentially you can get a negative response or anything. But, you yeah, still like, it. just trains... Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. It trains your like immunity to rejections, you know, and it always happens, right? right. So yeah, just mine my, my my small thing that I was doing yesterday, for example, just comes <laughs> into my mind, yeah, which I felt yeah. really like kind of uncomfortable, right? Um, and is it yeah, easy, but it's anything, yeah, yeah.
0: And is it easy to um, you know get money nowadays? I mean, your company, uh, do you have uh, venture capitals or angel investors or?
1: yeah 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 yeah. we have so we closed our seed investment round a year ago and we have angels and um so we have telstra as well as investors so telstra is a telecommunications company like very big one in australia so they invested money in us as well so we have like five investors on board now and we are now raising um, more money actually so we're starting to raise like in a couple of weeks so that's why we're like looking into this area that's why i mentioned this because this is our current challenge yeah very um, good so is yeah. it easy
0: in your experience to get money right now or is it challenging is it difficult i
1: think for good companies i think for good companies with solid tech team with solid tech product it's yeah it's it's challenging but it, it's possible right, right. Um, many people say that australian investment market is like really really small right you yeah, there's you can count the investment uh, companies and VCs and angels like by you know by maybe fingers on, on two hands, right? No. Uh, but so it's not that big, but there are money in this market and there's still investment happening. So as long as yeah you have a good product, then it's it's awesome, right? Like they, they will support you 100%. But of course, you typically have people go for US and outside right of Australia. Um, and we're going as well, like outside. So we're now talking to some Asian funds, um, because we do a lot of things in, in in Hong Kong, in Singapore. Right. Um, yeah, we have a lot of clients like who are using us in Singapore and actually Middle East these yeah. days. Um, yeah. So that's why we're looking there as well. So as long as you have clients, your business have clients in these countries where the VCs are or big investment, you know, companies or people, high, high net worth individuals are. You can, you know, you have a good case studies to show them and they will be willing to support you as long as they see that it's working in the market
0: absolutely and how soon do you see becoming profitable in terms of you know paying off the you know paying off the vc money because a lot of people still have that mentality okay i took a million dollar now yeah, i yeah, need exactly. to i need to give the million dollar back and then be profitable on top but you you, you constantly yeah. keep getting another million and another million and another million so you're exactly. running yeah, on yeah. yeah so so um um so we
1: we are i th- i think how special in this case is that we're really bootstrapping like we're doing so many fantastic things on very small amount of money so we have very low burn rate because right. our guys would say, guys are sitting in ukraine so we already we were profitable in um i think september october we had two profitable months right so of course it's it's you know early days so it's a kind of a vil- volatility is huge right so some months you yeah. can be profitable sometimes you're still like kind of burning burning your investment money but we right. are like getting there. Of course, it's in waves. But I would say we're not such a company that you know uh, has mind-blowing evaluation and then you know asks for even more mind-blowing investment, right? <laughs> um, so we're not. We're not this type of um, of, of of a company of a business, right? So we always, yeah, we always try to get what we promise that we're doing, right? Like, yeah.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, this is such an inspiring story again. Um, and you being a woman, uh, would you encourage more women in business? How would you encourage oh, definitely. them? How? What shall they do? We have so many listeners in Asia just, right just, now. And yes,
1: <laughs> just don't think that you're a woman. Just don't exactly. divide people by I say I say women and, and you know and men. And and that will be your success. Because when you'll be thinking about, you know, being a woman and like what are my particular challenges because of my gender, right? That 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 would have no, you know, positive results. So I my recommendation would just be to focus on 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 your business, on growing yourself as a human being. Professional wise, professionally wise or, you know, socially wise and yeah, human well. wise. So just yeah.
0: What would you say say to women that are afraid exactly when you said brave? I mean, what would you say? There are so many of them and they say, okay, I have potential and I have interest, but I'm really, really afraid. And uh, I think fewer men think about it this way. If the opportunity comes along, they're like, yeah, let's just do this. Um, So what would you say if somebody says, I'm really afraid? And of course, girls, you're so successful, but you are exceptions. And I'm really, I don't think that's Mm -hmm. for me. I'm afraid.
1: Uh, yeah that's a hard question right it depends on the personality right so but my main advice would be just do it you know whatever the consequence is to be honest it doesn't matter I think many people have are scared of failure but you know if you're failing next step would be some success 100% right and that's I yeah. failed so many times oh my god like my journey oh, like I failed so so many times so that's you know that's, that's just how it is and we we should not be scared of it we should tell not us. be here uh, it, it, sh- <laughs> it shouldn't be a blocker right for for, for, for absolutely uh,
0: tell us about the times you failed because this is something that inspires them I mean having the real story and saying you know i've been through troubles before getting on forbes 30 under 30 list i've been through you know some dark moments and i thought that i'm not getting up in business again tell us about some
1: of them oh that's the hard yeah to be, like i need i need to think you know which ones would be a uh, you know, hard, (laughs) hard. Oh, with uh, like this every day, you know, things are not going the way, you know, you want it to go. Right. Maybe it's because I'm overachiever. So I wanted everything to be super successful. Right. Of course. Uh, But every day, every day we have some kind of, you know, not every day, but yeah, in, in, in many, uh, in, in many events we can, you know, we can fail. So my, my, yeah, if I think of something very,
0: have you ever okay, had a dark moment in business? Like when you were just sitting there and thinking, that's it, I'm ready to give up. It's just, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, dark, yeah. I think dark we place. In the
1: beginning, <laughs> in the beginning yeah. particularly, we're still at the beginning, but like super early days is that um, we had, so we had some, so we had, so our main founders were non-tech. Yeah. So I'm non-tech founder i would say right i don't develop things myself i don't code right um and of course if you're running a tech company you need to have someone on board right who is super 100 percent committed who is responsible for the techie side of things right like a fantastic right. cto right and in the beginning we had i remember we had the contract with new balance <laughs> and it was our right. first actually big client right we had many many small but new balance was the first one big in singapore actually right. and uh, we had the contract and then our cto like the guy who was with us he says okay i'm leaving you know like sorry i have something else like he was just having some his his own you know personal um things going on and he said i'm going and actually new balance asked us to build a customized solution so there we needed <gasps> someone to actually go and 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 you know go and and do things and that was happening just before you know practically the yeah the the final um acceptance of the design and everything. So we had to find someone like external. And that was a real hustle, I remember. Oh my God. That was a real um particularly in early days when you're building reputation, right? right and you of need course. to actually Yeah succeed and make your clients happy and you care about that so much. So many unpredictable things happen and yeah you need to So find how it did it go?
0: Uh, were they were they happy? New balance the client Yeah yeah so happy? we
1: found a guy. Yeah yeah we found an awesome guy uh very quickly and he stays with us until today, uh, but that was a big challenge. Like there was a big, you know, internally we had like you know, we were yeah, <laughs> we you were, struggling stressing you were stressing out. We
0: were stressing out, of course. Exactly. Of course.
1: But New Balance was really happy. Like yeah, that uh, they were they were happy. Yeah, they generated a lot of sales. Actually, remember the conversion was amazing. I think they had seven percent conversions for influencers, which was just unbelievable. You can't get that that much um, out of so like out of influence and marketing so that's
0: absolutely yeah so
1: they were very happy but yeah we, it was a big challenge for us especially last minute challenge
0: yeah. beautiful beautiful so we are now all inspired we know that it's a tough journey and uh that it's all possible, just choose the right direction and keep going, right? The last question for today, you got on uh, Forbes 30 under 30 list. Um, How can others get on it and how has it changed your life?
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, First of all, I just had a very happy day that day. So that was a good change that (laughs) that happened. Um, I think just my main advice would be focus on what matters for you, focus on your business and just build your own path. You know, as long as you have your own path, people will see it and, and it will just, people will support you, people will come on board. So nice. that would be the key thing. And they will put you forward, You know, they nominate you for some type of, you know, activities that you're doing or something. Or you can apply yourself if you want to get to Forbes 30 and study, right? But you, you need to show, you need to prove basically that um, your achievements it. have a tangible, basically, outcome. Yeah, exactly. And how do you, um, how do you
0: prove that your achievements have a tangible outcome? How would you how would you prove it? Like, do you need to be making billion dollars because you said they ask you to fill in tons of forms? Do you have mm-hmm. to be making billion yep. dollars, So does that exclude ninety nine percent of people out there? Or uh, what is, in your view, uh, that determining factor that uh, they are looking so for?
1: Forbes, yeah, Forbes have as well, like sections not on business, right? They have, they are nominating, you know, like social activists and uh, people who, you know, who promote change and positive change, right? And peace. Right. So it's not only about business, right? So they, they have various sections, various nomination lines. Yeah. So even if you're not in business, right? Like if you're changing the world and you're out there and people know that you're there, I don't know, you have presence on social when you, when they Google your name, there's something comes, comes up, right? Like right that. that So you need to be out there, you know, you need to be changing things. Um, In terms of business, yes, you have to have, you know, like a company, it has to generate revenue, it it, it has to, you have to have a good client.
0: Right, right, Um, right, right. I believe
1: you have to have investors, but I'm not sure like how, what was the criteria on which they, you know, what is a solid criteria, I believe they looked into each case by itself. Individually, I can tell you. Yeah, but I can tell you 100%. They ask like a lot of details to understand your business and level of your of your yeah of your impact or level of your business. They really ask a lot. Um, Very good. Yeah.
0: So all our listeners, it's not that easy. It's extremely complicated, but it's worth it if you are uh, willing to nominate others or yourself for Forbes 30 under 30. That's definitely worth it. And Olga, how has it changed your life? What um, impact did it to have? Be honest,
1: <laughs> So yeah, to be honest, it didn't change much, right? So all stayed the same, but uh, we received a lot of new clients. We, yeah, I received actually my universities, which I belong to, right, which I finished in Ukraine in Australia here. Uh-huh. They yeah, they created a lot of media. There was this media boom, you know, when they were posting like they're so proud of alumni, of you know, course. who got to be in the city. So I feel like everyone who had affiliation to me, you know, like promoted it as as much as they, they could, which was fun, you know. For me it was fun and fantastic. In Ukraine as well, like a lot of media. Um, the embassy here, like Ukrainian embassy in Australia, they contacted me, they asked, you know, for kind of interview, promotion and so on. So yeah, we received definitely a lot of publicity and uh, for Pistola and for myself, um, plus for our founder, right? So Kirill as well um, was there, right? With me in this nomination. Um, Plus, yeah, plus it's a good motivation, you know, like, and it's a good validation, as you mentioned, right? That it's important because, it, it gives you this, you know, all of our world is about uh, being, va- having a validation, right? Having a kind of stamp that, yes, you know, it's worth it. Yes, I'm doing, know, I'm going it, in it, the right it, direction, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and, and not only for yourself, but for the world, right? They give you a kind of validation. So, when you speak to someone, you know, we're raising now funds, for example, and we're saying, okay, like, you know, the founder is a Forbes 30, under 30, you know, so for them, it matters. Of course. And they go, like, okay, um, how much? Shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So that's definitely helping, right? Like you kind of stamp that, yes, it's valid, you know, it's, it's recognized and Forbes is a good brand to be recognized by. So yeah, yeah. definitely it, it gave some, it created some other opportunities for me. Well, once for again, Forbes.
0: huge congratulations on it. Olga, thank you for this interesting chat. We learned so much about your journey and you're your, an example and your motivation to so many women, men, entrepreneurs, uh, people that are aspiring to get on 30 under 30 list as well. I utterly enjoyed the chat. So thank you very much for making it here today. And um, keep going. We are excited to keep watching your journey from across Asia and the world and uh, see what's gonna, where this is going to lead. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more companies, a lot more startups and a lot more positive change happening uh, with your uh, with your participation.
1: Yeah, Ashley, thank you. Thank you so, so much Yeah, for, for inviting me. I really enjoyed our chat. Yeah, and I hope one day, yeah, well, Priscilla is already in Asia in some parts of it, but not in China. So, yeah, maybe you can help us as well to to get there. And yeah, we, we don't know the market well, so I I have hopes as well that we'll work together on something else in the future.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And to all of you, our fantastic listeners, thank you very much for staying with us at this Ashley Talks podcast. Stay tuned, don't forget to subscribe and share it with your network so they benefit from these advice of the top people across the world doing business. We're going to have more guests from 30 Under 30 coming up next, so stay tuned.
1: You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at ATP.show.